Hi, and welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Maxine. And I'm Alice. And today we're talking all about Mars retrograde, which is coming up pretty soon. Yes, it's right around the corner. Actually, I just love that it starts the day before Halloween on October 30th. Yeah, so it starts October 30th and lasts until January 12th. And we wanted to do a whole episode on this because Mars retrograde doesn't happen that often. The last time it occurred was the fall of 2020 between September and November. I think if you think back to that time frame, there was a pretty distinct (laughs) energy of frustration going on in the world. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll get into what the Mars retrograde symbolizes and everything, but it's an important transit and we wanted to do a whole episode on it. Yeah, it's it's kind of special because like if you know about Mercury retrograde, that happens almost about three times a year usually, whereas Mars retrograde happens like once every two years. So like Alice said, it's just kind of fun to talk about as well. Yeah, it's super noticeable when it happens. Um, but yeah, we don't have a life update today because we're doing a <laughs> double recording this week. And also Mars is just slowing us down. Like the retrograde is coming. We feel it. There's not a lot of excitement going on. Yeah, there's not a lot of like life updates. I feel like Mars retrograde really does because Mars is all about action. It just asks you to take a pause. And I've definitely noticed that like needing to slow down and rethink things and all of that. Yeah, same. Okay, let's jump right into it then. So to lay the groundwork, what does Mars, what does the planet Mars symbolize? Like, let's think of key themes of Mars, and that will kind of tell us what to expect when a planet like this goes retrograde. So do you want to kick that off? Yes. Okay, so we're going to kind of touch on five different things that we often see with Mars retrogrades. And the first one, like if you think about Mars, it's all about your energy and your life force. So where are you putting your energy? Where are you investing it? And with the retrograde, it's rethinking that. What do you actually want to be putting your energy into? Yeah, and sometimes like at this point, right, it's retrograde starting, like thinking you want to put your energy into one thing, but by the time the retrograde ends, you're putting it somewhere completely different. Um, So re-strategizing there for sure. Mm, Yeah, re-strategizing is such a good word for that. I would also say Mars has to do a lot with like confronting people and like asserting what you want in your relationships. So oftentimes there might be more anger there or frustration or realizing how you can get your desires and your needs across in your relationships without being so aggressive. Mm, Yeah, I really, with Mars retrograde, I think it's important to think about retrogrades as kind of throwing yourself back on you and your habits. And with Mars being a bit more aware and mindful of how easily you get your needs met when it comes to asserting yourself, like you might notice patterns that aren't helpful and that are kind of working against yourself or relationships. So it's a great time if you're not great with conflict to kind of explore how you could express that more, I don't know, in a better way that that actually helps your relationships. Yeah, having better conflict resolution. Um, Also, just having like frustrations and anger come up in general and having a lot of that be internalized. Like... um, I don't know, maybe you just feel like you are just getting upset about stuff that happened like way long ago in the past and you're finally like, I need to confront this. It's It, it has that quality of a retrograde, like revisiting something that maybe you didn't totally resolve from the past. 
Yeah. And needing to actually act on it or feeling that you're now motivated to think back to something that frustrated you or conflict even and being like, okay, I need to address this. I need to be assertive, like that Martian energy. Yeah. So giving you an opportunity to do things differently there with how you're um, addressing your frustrations or anger, but definitely feeling those things a lot more intensely, which can not be the most fun energy. Oh my gosh. And also with Mars retrogrades, what I've noticed is there's a lot of passive aggressiveness that can come up in relationships. And just like you might notice this with your coworkers or people, just I think it helps to know it's Mars retrograde. A lot of people are undergoing a lot of self-reflection or hopefully they are or they're feeling the pressure to. So understanding that can help you to know it not taking things personally can really go a long way. Yeah, definitely. Reflecting on past ones. I've had that feeling probably across all of them. <laughs> yeah. um, also, Mars is about like asserting yourself. Um, so also realizing like how you can be, I don't know, develop more of like a leadership role in some area of your life or um, get things going. And like, how can you take better action and like lead people or just rely on your own instincts rather than needing to look to other people for direction? Mm, yeah, being more assertive and also kind of along with the leadership piece that might be your leading others in an obvious way, like if you're a manager or something. But I think also this can show up in seeing how you can impact others even. So if you feel like you really want to help people or motivate them or seeing the ways in which you can use asserting yourself, but also helping others to like impacting them in some way, usually wanting to make your mark on the world. Mm hmm. Yeah. And also, um, one thing I've noticed a lot in Mars retrogrades pasts is having to like stop myself from making impulsive decisions. Cause I feel like Mars is such a planet that wants to act on something immediately and have things happen. And the retrogrades all about kind of slowing it down. Like this is not happening right now and it won't probably until the retrograde lifts. So oftentimes, um, you may get frustrated and want to make a decision quickly, but I would try not to do that because the decision you make during a retrograde may not be what you want once that retrograde ends. Mm, yeah, I, I love that you mentioned the word frustration, Alice, because I feel like that's a keyword for Mars retrograde. Just having to kind of sit with all the feelings, the frustration, and seeing the opportune time to act on that usually it comes after the retrograde or even like you're getting the clarity toward the end yeah one last thing I wanted to mention here is feeling like very low energy too with the retrograde I know we talked about like where do you want to invest your energy but also just like not feeling motivated to invest your energy anywhere because you are just more tired or yeah you just don't have the motivation right now and I think along with that, it kind of shows you where you've been burning yourself out. So where things are not sustainable to continue going how they were. And that's kind of the part we talked about at the start, reassessing where you want to invest your energy. That happens because you don't have the energy that you felt you had before. So it kind of just makes you aware of like, oh, I have to prioritize. I have to say no to things. I have to like go without doing that so I can focus on what I really want. Yeah, exactly. So those are key themes that will probably come up during the retrograde for you, like at least one of these. Um, but just to get into some more technical terms of the Mars retrograde, um, 
I know we mentioned, you mentioned Maxine, it happens once every two years. So the last time we got a Mars retrograde, if you want to reflect back, was that fall of 2020, September to November. Um, that was one, that one was in Aries though. Um, this one is in Gemini. So we've mentioned in our forecast episodes, how Mars entered Gemini at the end of August, and it's going to be there until I think the end of March, um, of 2023. So, this retrograde is kind of the most critical reworking period of that whole seven month Mars retro Mars through Gemini transit. You're getting that retrograde period for two and a half months. So really owning in on that Gemini house of your chart and like, how can you re-strategize or rework something there? Yeah. And that's important because obviously with, you know, Mars is going to have been in Gemini for seven months total. Like that's a lot of time for Mars to be in Gemini, but now is that crucial time where you might really get some insights and you're kind of forced to sit with that energy more and see what you do need to shift. Yeah. So it's not like these, this retrogrades like coming out of nowhere and hitting you randomly. Like you've probably already been feeling the themes that are going to be present during the retrograde and reworked since the end of August when Mars entered this sign. So throughout this whole fall, maybe there's been something that's weighing on you or you are just like intensely focused on putting your energy towards that part of your life. And now it's going to get a little bit of a reworking. Yeah, it's like you can't ignore it anymore. It's not to anything to fear. Like, I love that you said that, Alice. It's not out of left field, but it will ask you to be like, no, you need to sit down and figure out a plan to get, like figure this part of your life out. So I think that's helpful because it's not what I love about Mars retrogrades, too, is that it demands that you take action in some way or rework how you're avoiding action even or not having time for it. So yeah, I, that's why I'm excited for this retrograde. <laughs> yeah, when we get into later in this episode, we'll get into like what themes are by rising sign and you'll definitely resonate already like with those themes because they've been going on for two months, but now it's just going to be intensified there. Yeah, I'm feeling it big time. Um, but yeah, so next up, do you want to say share anything more on that, Alice? Or No, I think that's like goes over key themes you can expect with Mars retrograde I wanted to get more specifically into like the actual phases of the retrograde because it's not like you feel the same way the whole the whole thing um there's definitely key parts where there's certain developments that might occur so to start off like we're still in that pre-shadow Mars retrograde phase it hasn't actually started yet at the time we're recording this um on October 14th But what's been going on throughout Libra season, so end of September through most of October, the Mars has been trining the sun in Libra. So there's like that Mars and Gemini sun and Libra trine. And this always happens right before a Mars retrograde is about to start. So in a couple weeks, that Mars retrograde is going to go into effect. But first you get that trine. And usually when there is that Sun-Mars trine right before the retrograde starts, there's usually a lot of excitement about something new you're starting or a relationship you're forming, a new venture or project at work or a hobby. You're usually like very hyped up and um, motivated. And then I don't know if you wanted to speak upon that. Like, are you feeling that energy right now? Ooh. Yeah. You know what I have been noticing is I've gotten so much clarity, which 
it it almost like when you know the astrology I'm like okay clearly I don't have full clarity because the retrograde hasn't happened but I do feel like I see the potential of like what I want to work toward yeah it's like all this excitement and it's something I haven't felt the rest of the year like I'm so optimistic I'm like I want to do this and this and this and I know it just sucks because I know that that retrograde's about to start and it probably won't be what I'm thinking right now will end up happening uh, but that's just usually the vibe going into the retrograde like really excited and so then when that retrograde hits on October 30th the first couple weeks of it are like whoa like I was not expecting this like I was really um ambitious and excited about something and now I'm like there's all these obstacles I might have to face another thing too that when I think back to the other retrogrades that first part I think it's excitement but also I've noticed very much being overwhelmed (laughs) like I don't know Alice if you're feeling that right now yeah yeah I feel that ambitious and the overwhelm of like how is this gonna happen so having the vision maybe but not yet knowing how that's gonna pan out yeah, so that might be how you're feeling right now. Um, then the re- Mars stations retrograde on October 30th. Um, so like there's often this surprise moment of, oh my God, like what's going on? I was so excited about something. Now I'm facing some challenges or some things are getting delayed or not happening as I thought they would be. So there can, I just feel like the first part of that retrograde when it stations retrograde up until like that first month or so of Mars retrograde. So November specifically is just going to be hard where there's a lot more frustration and anger coming up at that point than there might be throughout December. Yeah. I I think also too, just the obstacles, it helps to know in advance when that is happening. And that's why I love astrology because knowing this, you're like, okay, well, I can expect that, you know, with the retrograde and in early November, especially that that's just going to be kind of frustrating. Yeah, so watch out for projects you wanted to happen getting postponed a little bit or needing to be reworked or maybe you don't get the feedback you thought you were going to get about something at work. Maybe you're rethinking an aspect of your relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean a breakup. Maybe it's just like, okay, we need to do things differently in order to relate to one another. That could be with friendship or romantic relationships. Or yeah, there could just be like... um a hobby or something you're really interested in learning about more in depth, but you're kind of figuring out the best way to go about that. Or yeah, maybe your beliefs are changing in some way. That's definitely the most frustrating part is the beginning of the retrograde because it's just usually creates these obstacles and it can feel really deflating. If you did have going into it a lot of excitement, it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get there? And feeling really just, I don't know, just frustrated by that. Yeah, definitely. So there is a little relief like halfway through the retrograde. So you get that initial hard part, which is pretty much all of November. Then we get to Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to Sagittarius season, um, which is all the planets are in Sagittarius, like Sun, Mercury, Venus, which is opposite Gemini. So that opposition between the Sun and Mars always marks the halfway point of that retrograde. Um, and that's kind of a turning point of where you're kind of reconsidering maybe going in a different direction or there's like maybe a realization moment that's going on then. Yeah, and especially because you can even think about that like in terms of a full moon moment. (laughs) I guess like with having Mars opposite, it just kind of illuminates your path of like, okay, wait, there's 
it either illuminates your path of where to go next or it can also be like some type of insight. So just keeping that in mind for that time period, you might kind of get some answers. Yeah, so that's going to be Sagittarius season mainly, but probably like early December time frame, feeling a bit of relief or being getting like an inkling of how you're going to do things differently moving forward. Or what you need to let go of, especially Mm -hmm. like kind of being like energetically wise, where have you been spreading yourself too thin? And I feel like that can be a point if you're not listening to yourself leading up to that, where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. So being mindful too that it's important to keep that in mind. So you do identify what needs to be switched. Yeah. Um, We wanted to talk about this later on, but I feel like it's good to bring it up now is having like all those planets opposite Mars, usually with oppositions, it ends up bringing in like themes of relationships um, and maybe having like having the themes of Mars, like aggression and anger, sometimes maybe noticing that being like projected onto you or having to resolve some sort of relationship conflict in the area of life symbolized by those like that sun transit and the Mars transit. Yeah, projection is huge for this. And then also sometimes being caught between one thing you want and another thing you want. So that might be a big thing that comes up at that time. Yeah, like a seesaw effect, like trying to get a balance between those two areas of life. Yeah. Okay, and then we get to Mars stationing direct. So this is the marks the last day of the retrograde on January 12th, 2023. So yeah, when a planet, whenever any type of planet stations direct, um, it's moving at its most slowly. And so it's not like you're going to get all your energy back at once and get things off the ground immediately. But you will notice like increasing clarity. Okay, I'm ready to start moving ahead again. Um, gaining a bit more momentum, but not fully like pursuing something or having a lot of activity happen just yet. Yeah. And stationing direct, it's, it's moving slowly, but it's the retrograde. Technically you might hear like, oh, that it ends that day. We'll get into that's not necessarily the case because it's still speeding up. Um, but it's kind of like it's waking up again. So you might feel like, oh, I'm starting to get my energy back and I'm feeling a little bit more motivated or I know where I want to go. So kind of the haze is lifting. Yeah. And there's also, I feel like when a planet is stationing either retrograde or direct, like the energy of that planet is so intensified at that time. Like, so there might actually be kind of an important realization that comes up right around January 12th. It's just like, you're not immediately acting on it. Like I remember Mars station direct in early November of 2020. And that was literally at the time where we were, we were both like, let's start a podcast. But we <laughs> yeah. obviously, we weren't launching the podcast until two months after that. But that was, that was like the week when we were like, let's do this. This is what we want to put our energy towards. Yeah. So that's important to know that you can make the decision or you can have the insight and then not feeling pressure to like, oh, it has to happen right now. It's like, as long as you've make, made the decision around that period of time where you have the insight, you can then act on it as the planet speeds up again. Okay. And then the final phase, this is after the retrograde has ended, um, but it's that second trine between the sun and Mars. So I talked about the first one happening during Libra season, sun and Libra, Mars and Gemini, and how there was all that like optimism and enthusiasm going on. That second trine will bring that back, but it's just like, it's the sun and Aquarius trining the Mars and Gemini, but it'll be 
you're excited maybe about something you can't even anticipate right now. Mm, I love that. Yeah, there's so much potential with that. And what's cool is when you look back at previous retrogrades of Mars, you can actually see how, you know, the lead up, like right now when you're listening to this podcast, maybe you want something, but by the end of the retrograde, you can actually see how you've managed either to attain that or something even better than what you thought. Yeah. And also just like having the red, we'll talk about this in a second, but having it in Gemini, I guess this is a good transition into like, (laughs) what does it mean to have the retrograde in Gemini? Like Gemini is so, it's a mutable sign. So it's, it's always open-minded, staying flexible. So I really do think that's the mindset you need to approach this with is in like, okay, there's a lot of possibilities maybe, or doors that I could go down and, um, just not being like fixated on having one specific thing happen. Yes, being super flexible and also seeing how you have to kind of think on think on your toes or just be a bit more adaptable if situations or opportunities coming up or not being so fixed, like you said, um, is definitely true for this Mars retrograde. Because like if you think of Mars as your how you're acting or what you want, Gemini asks you to just be more open-minded, really. Yeah, and going further into Gemini themes, like it has such that important theme of communication. So any any task involving communication is probably going to be a focus too, and how can you re-strategize there? So no matter what part of your chart it's happening in, it's either like, okay, how can I better communicate with people and speak and get my ideas across? Or how can I change this element of my writing or my podcast or my presentations at work or something I'm editing? Um, so having that huge communication focus throughout the retrograde. Yeah, and I I feel like that will definitely bring more attention to where you need to communicate a lot more effectively, but also just anticipating almost that there might be some crossed wires. So you might say something and there might be some miscommunication. Like it's definitely different. Obviously, it's not a Mercury retrograde, but because Mars is retrograde in Gemini, there might be some crossover themes there of feeling like your words are not being understood properly or there's more arguments that kind of thing and also that your mind is going in a million different directions like that's what I think of with Mars it's like oh my god I want to pursue this but also this and this and it's like what do you actually want to focus a little more in on and um how can you gain more knowledge from specific subjects or gain a specific skill rather than feeling like burned out because you're going in all these different directions at once Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think I mentioned earlier, spreading yourself too thin is definitely a theme of this retrograde um, or like that scattered mental energy too, Alice. Just honestly feeling a bit more, I, I don't want to say you're going to be anxious the whole retrograde because that's not true. But like, I know for me, that's a theme of like needing to really make sure going into this retrograde, how am I connecting to my yoga practice or meditation every morning journaling literally Gemini with writing getting my words out so that way I can be grounded and I'm not just in this scattered energy yeah definitely I'm having the writing focus going too um and also yeah communication and relationships too I I can see that coming up a ton like noticing how I address conflict with my boyfriend like that type of thing like not wanting to bring up how you're angry with someone in a way that's gonna like upset them a lot or be too aggressive just reeling that in a bit 
Yeah, being mindful of it. And I also wanted to say, like, in terms of the scattered energy, I think it is important, though, to not be like, oh, I have to focus right away. That's more something you'll see as the retrograde continues and plays out because this actually could be a really great opportunity to broaden your horizons if you're someone who's been so zoomed in on one thing in your life. Like, maybe you just work and that's your been your big focus, but... This might actually help you to discover other interests, learn other things, to explore other passions. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I feel like that's all I had to say on Gemini themes. Um, do you want to get into like aspects this retrograde is making? Yes. Okay, let's get into it. So as we said, Alice, you mentioned at the start, but to repeat, we have the retrograde beginning at 25 degrees of Gemini on October 30th. And then by the end of the retrograde on January 12th, it goes direct at eight degrees of Gemini. So it's really in all of Gemini. Like that's almost Mm -hmm. the entire span of this sign. So if you do have planets in Gemini too, important to note that it will likely light those up. Yeah, check if you have Gemini planets, check to see, especially if they're between this eight to 25 degrees, because that means they have, they will get crossed over by Mars three times throughout this seven month period of Mars and Gemini. Like it's already gone over your planet once, it'll go back over it again when it retrogrades back, and then a final third time. So it's really about integrating what that planet symbolizes better into your life. So maybe it's like Mars going over your Gemini moon three times if you have like your moon at like 16 degrees of Gemini or something. It's like really how can you better express your emotions? Maybe there's some conflict within home or family that you're needing to focus on a lot. So it's really what are the themes of that planet and how are they coming up super strongly during this time? Mm -hmm. And how can you act on them in a way that aligns with your goals or what you want in the future or to improve that? So yeah, that's really important. We wanted to touch on that, but that's very specific to if you have Gemini planets. But what everyone will feel with this is like looking to the, well, we'll get into before we get into actually the houses. Let's touch on the actual aspects that it's making because it's making a square with Neptune and Jupiter and Pisces at the start. It's trining Saturn and it's also going to oppose the sun, as we mentioned, but Mercury and Venus in Sagittarius. Yeah, so the square with Neptune and Jupiter at the very tail end of October, right as it's stationing retrograde, and then those first few days of November, that's probably going to be the trickiest period of the retrograde. Um, Yeah, I'm just really not excited for early November, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Mars square Neptune is a lot of like... I don't know, confusion over where to put energy and effort. Also, I find it's a lot of like comparison to other people or feeling confused about like your own desires and like just doubting yourself. That's a Mars-Neptune thing I see a lot. I see come up a lot. Yeah, that's a good one to bring up. I think also just because Jupiter will have already retrograded back into Pisces, so it's also there, co-present, I think it will be a little bit of a internal conflict of knowing where you want to go, what your ideal is, like that excitement piece we talked about with the retrograde at the start um, before it begins, and then kind of realizing where there are those obstacles and maybe feeling some disillusionment or being a little bit, even even a little bit sad about like, oh, wait, no, I won't be able to do both these things right away, you know? Um, so yeah. there's that aspect to it too. Yeah, thinking of Mars square Jupiter, it's like, I 
like being so enthusiastic and optimistic about something you're working on, but also having that like disillusionment or over promising, um, and yeah, like promising more than you can deliver or over committing to someone or something. So being careful not to take on way too much at this time. Yeah, I honestly, the word that keeps coming up to me for this specific Mars retrograde, especially at the start, is spreading yourself too thin. So really be mindful of that. And like Alice, that's a good reminder. Don't overpromise at that time. Really keep things in check. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of November, things look a little easier. Um, the Mars moves out of those later degrees of Gemini and moves back to mid-Gemini where it trines Saturn, which is still in mid mid degrees of Aquarius. So that's a bit more of a, like a stabilizing energy. Maybe you're feeling a bit more focused or that you can put, you can like sustain putting effort into something for a longer period of time, maybe not so scattered. Mm, Yeah. Kind of that efficiency part. And I love how it just kind of aligns with what we already shared with the different phases and like the progression of that. But yeah, that'll be really helpful if you need to kind of structure how you're going to reach your goal or need to workshop different areas of your life. Yeah. And then like we mentioned before, the opposition to sun, Mercury and Venus happens during Sagittarius in December. We kind of already went over that about the relationship aspect of um, having people project their frustrations onto you or you're trying to balance something within a relationship maybe. Did you have anything else to say on that? Yeah, I actually wanted wanted to add like other people might be projecting onto you, but also important to do self-reflecting with that and be like, where am I reflecting and projecting things onto others where really it's something that you might realize at that time you need to kind of come back to yourself. So it could be either or or a mix. Like it's just understanding that you'll need to kind of tease out what is yours to process and what to not take personally. Yeah, especially because Venus is involved. Like Venus is still really close to the sun. Like that's the planet associated with relationships. So having that like fiery quality of Mars brought into relationships. Yeah, and I wouldn't worry. Like this isn't something to be like afraid of at all. Um, Obviously, I feel like we we talk about that all the time on the podcast. Um, But I do think it's important going into that to be like, okay, there might be some conflict that comes up. So how can I going into that being mindful of how you're communicating um, is helpful. I'm really looking at like, we're looking at the house ruled by Gemini in your chart for the Mars retrograde themes, but this opposition will bring in the house ruled by Sagittarius in your chart too. And like you said earlier, Maxine, having a balance between those. So those two houses in your chart, it's like, how can I focus on one while also still having these themes as well in my life? Yeah, I'm actually excited for, I mean, around that time, I guess, but I'm excited for the full moon in Gemini. I think that'll be really helpful alongside to get some clarity. Yeah, that'll be interesting to have that full moon in Gemini. Um, I think that's early December. We're do we're planning something for then. We haven't announced it. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is true. You'll see after the retrograde, mm-hmm. um, or midway through. Okay, so if you know your rising sign, we wanted to go through just some basic themes that might you might already be feeling throughout this fall, but are just going to become even more of a focus once this retrograde starts. So let's kick it off with Earth sign risings, what you might be going through right now and what you can expect with this Mars retrograde. So this would be Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn rising. 
this Mars retrograde is really about career and work for you and how you can re-strategize certain career goals, how you can make more money for yourself or figuring out what direction you want to go in next with work. And that might feel really frustrating right now. Like maybe you feel really burned out by the day-to-day stuff at your job Um, or just, yeah, like you're being spread too thin and you still just don't know what you want to do with work though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not knowing what to do or even the communication issues we mentioned or projection, um, all of that kind of coming through the area of life of career. Or also, I think with this, like even if you don't work, I would say it's really wanting to know how can I contribute in some way or how can I really focus on on what I want to like share with the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or just like get more organized, get a better schedule in place. Capricorn rising, briefly, I wanted to mention like physical health matters might be a focus too. Like how can you just treat your body better and develop like healthier habits? Um, But across all of these earth rising signs, it's like how to have a better work-life balance and not be so stressed out by your job. Yeah. And I actually wanted to add to Taurus risings. I've seen so many Taurus risings who are so stressed about money. And I feel like I just want to be like reassuring to be like, use this time to rethink how you want to go about that. Cause I think you'll get a lot more clarity. That's interesting. Cause I've seen a lot of Capricorn risings or a few on social media talk about burnout. And I'm like, you don't even know what your astrology chart, like you, yeah. Mars is literally in your sixth house right now. And you're talking about burnout. Like that makes so much sense. Oh, so literal. Yeah. Okay. So that's for earth risings. If you are water rising though, so this is cancer rising, Scorpio risings, Pisces risings, it's a lot different. So it might show up in different areas of your life, but it's much more about needing to go within and feeling like you're more, maybe more emotional about things, or you're feeling like you really need to do some inner reflection and needing to rest a lot more. So like speaking about how you mentioned burnout, Alice, I think this is more so just for these rising signs, just feeling like they really need to rest and slow down the whole pace of their life and recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like not wanting to see as many people. I know cancer rising and she's just like, I don't want to hang out with my friends right now. I just want to be alone. So that might be a theme that's coming up a lot. Um, Pisces rising specifically may also have the theme of like, um, home, So like moving, but being a little frustrated about moving or family stuff and that might get delayed um, and just an intense focus on like home life there. Yeah, I wanted to stress with these that this one is a very emotional kind of Mars retrograde, like internal frustration or that kind of thing, but also just feeling like you're not able to move as quickly. I just feel like Mars here is it's tricky because you want to move quicker and you really probably are feeling impatient. Yeah, like feeling like you're moving underwater. Um, I was also going to say, yeah, mental health being a focus too. Like really prioritizing your emotions and reflecting on them and analyzing them. Yeah, and self-discovery and also I would just say like spiritual growth. I think that's a really positive way to use this energy in a more constructive way of like exploring yourself. What is it you need emotionally or how can you tap it more into your intuition even? And like also like how can you cut out self-sabotaging patterns, um, just ways in which you may work against yourself and not even realize it sometimes. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to air houses, Alice? Yeah. So air risings, Maxine, this would be you, but Jeb and I, um, 
Libra and Aquarius risings, it's this retrograde is really important for you, important for you, especially Gemini risings, because that's like your rising sign. That's your first house. So it's a lot about like realizing more of like who you are, what you want for yourself, what are your core interests and how can you share that with the world? Yeah, I'm I'm a Gemini rising and I'm feeling this so big already. <laughs> I feel the lead up to the Mars retrograde as we're recording this. Um, yeah, and I feel like also there's just such a theme for all air risings with the retrograde of needing to rework how they're expressing themselves or if also you've been undergoing a lot of change, now you're ready to share it with the world. It's like you're not, you might be workshopping that a little bit, but also maybe just being like, I want to show up more authentically. I want to work on that. Yeah, becoming more confident in your own hobbies and your own passions too and not trying to blend in with what everyone else is doing. Um, So really just becoming more comfortable with who you are too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say also like Gemini rising. I just want to flag that because obviously Mars retrograde in your first house does not come around very often. (laughs) So um, just really being mindful too that you might make more impulsive decisions overall or you might be a little bit like... um, I don't, I don't want to say like overconfident with some things, but it is helpful to not be too impatient and rush into things without like pausing to consider others or to just at least think things out and slow down a little bit. Um, and then I just wanted to like differentiate Libra rising a bit might have a more slant towards like learning and education and like wanting to connect with like spiritual beliefs, like astrology, for instance, or just intensely learn something. Yeah, but definitely a great time for learning with for Libra Risings. Um, okay, and then Fire Rising. So this is you if you're an Aries, Leo, Alice, or yes. if you're a Sagittarius Rising. This has a huge emphasis on relationships. So this might look like conflict coming up in relationships. It might look like wanting to be more assertive in your relationships or in some way make new friends or find a relationship that feels really nourishing to you. Yeah, like reevaluating who are you hanging out with? Do you still like their energy? How can you make new friends? Um, and how can you just like get along with people better and affect it, like communicate more effectively when you're having an issue with someone? Mm, yeah, I think that's huge for, especially for these fire risings of thinking about like, okay, there's conflict coming up and how can I deal with this in a in a way that helps me and that, you know, I don't know, like win-win situations because I feel like sometimes Mars can be like um, very competitive even or something or comparison. So it's helpful to be like, okay, how can I like see this in a different light? Yeah, feeling that in several relationships right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Okay, and then I think that's the main thing. We also wanted to stress though for Sagittarius Risings, relationships like one-on-one, more romantic, that might be a theme too. Um, so yeah, love, so like, for example. Yeah, like turning point in relationship. So definitely if you're a single Sagittarius Rising, like w- watch out. Maybe someone new is on the horizon, but also like learning how to raise your da- raise your dating standards or realize like what more of what you want out of a partner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that can be really helpful. Even if you're not seeing the the relationship right now, just trusting that you're kind of leaning into what it is you actually want. And if you are in a relationship, not worrying about that, but definitely helps to kind of talk about things you may 
not even have the time to discuss, but that would help strengthen your relationship. Okay, so we wanted to to finish up this episode. We just wanted to give more concrete examples of past Mars retrograde dates that have happened and showing like how we've experienced that. And maybe also you guys listening to this can reflect on what was happening during that time period in your life. And did that make sense with the sign that the retrograde was happening in? Because these are crazy. And if you don't have these signs in your chart that we go through, like look to that house of your chart because I can bet you a hundred percent that something crazy important happened in that area of your life during these Mars retrograde dates. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, okay, so we'll get into them, but also, yeah, listen for the dates. And I would love to know if anyone has awesome, if you have awesome examples that come up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So the, looking back at the most recent Mars retrograde, it was September to November of 2020 in the sign of Aries. So like, I don't have any Aries planets in my chart, but Aries rules my ninth house. So looking to what house that rules in your chart, a ninth house is astrology, for instance, like spirituality, learning, teaching, writing. Um, And that was really when I got super, like I was buying so many astrology books. I was like really becoming a better astrologer through like all the information I was consuming about it. And then that was also when I was realizing I had the confidence to start teaching astrology. And we, during that Mars retrograde, we started doing our first like moon workshops. Um, Also, that was when I switched to whole sign houses. So I think that whole retrograde, I was like, I, I'm, I want to hang on to Placidus. Like that makes the most sense. But that retrograde was like teaching me like, no, like question, question this belief or this part of astrology and like, how can you do this differently? And by the end of that retrograde, I was like, I'm a whole sign house astrologer. (laughs) I remember (laughs) when you told me, I was like, I'm so happy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that also, you, I mentioned this Alice earlier, but that was when we started our podcast more or less. Yeah. That was when we were like, the idea for it. Yeah. I remember meeting up with you a lot because ninth house is such a teaching theme and being like, how can we, get astrology knowledge across like at first we wanted to do like really we were like let's do workshops every month for every rising sign and tell them what's coming (laughs) and we were like like that was like the ambitious start of the retrograde and then we were like no like that's insane like we would get so tired of that immediately and then the second that retrograde ended we were like we need to start a podcast so that whole retrograde Mm -hmm. was like how can I teach what I know and share my knowledge what was it like for you because I mean you still had that but it was you had 11th house themes brought in yeah so I I have Aries planets and then also the 11th house a big theme of like reshuffling what my hopes and dreams were for the future and it was so so accurate (laughs) like this retrograde I was so frustrated I was working for a job that actually I began in September and all the way through November through the retrograde I was just rethinking how can I get out of this job I don't like it anymore and meanwhile I was like doing astrology part-time at the time and yeah by the end of it I was just totally like half there like zombie (laughs) at my Mm -hmm. job physically but not there and and then afterward Alice, you helped convince me along with um, our mm-hmm. other friend. But yeah, I quit like a month after that retrograde. Yeah. So it's like you weren't making that impulsive decision to quit during the retrograde. You took some time after, mm-hmm. got a game plan together and was like, this is what I think I need to do. Exactly. So I think it's helpful to like 
just notice that the retrograde does make you rework things. And oh my gosh, I was so frustrated during that whole time and super burnt out. Being a teacher is like so much work. If you're a teacher, I just, wow, you're amazing. (laughs) But um, yeah, and then just realizing afterward, okay, I need a game plan and I was ready to quit by December. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so that was the 2020 retrograde. Checking the Aries part of your chart, Aries planets probably affected a lot more. Um, The one right before that was June to August of 2018. And that one started off in early degrees of Aquarius and finished up in the late degrees of Capricorn. So anyone with planets in that range of the chart probably felt this very intensely. Like I have my sun and Mercury at six and seven degrees of Aquarius. This retrograde was a game changer for me. This was when I was like, I'm going to be an astrologer, like whole life direction shifted while this retrograde was going on. Yeah, and especially important for you, like you mentioned, like as an Aquarius. Um, And then I have my Aquarius midheaven. So I was really affected by it too. And like in terms of like what I wanted career wise. And it was interesting because I didn't know it back then. But at the start of that, I had been like in Spain for this program of like learning English, whatever. Um, And then I actually got into astrology when I was there and I didn't know at the time that it would be related to career but obviously I'm an astrologer now and it's kind of cool to see how even then I was like oh I mean I was obsessed with astrology and I still am but I didn't know it would tie into my midheaven theme of career until now it was also interesting because not even midheaven but that's your ninth house so a retrograde in your ninth Mm -hmm. house you were literally abroad in a foreign country learning Spanish like that's so ninth house Yes, exactly. So I think that's really cool to look back and see how obvious mm-hmm. it could be there. Mine was like, so it was seventh house Aquarius. So in addition to my son, it was like seventh house themes and sixth house themes of Capricorn. And when that retrograde started, I was talking to someone I had dated in college and then it fizzled out like the second that retrograde went into effect. It was like, okay, this isn't working. So kind of realizing, revisiting something from the past, but moving onwards like not needing that anymore and then also having intense frustration over work I was so burned out with that sixth house retrograde happening um and the whole time Mars was retrograde I really did not know what I needed to do with my job I was like aimlessly applying to all this different stuff nothing was happening and then within a week or two of Mars stationing direct at the end of that retrograde in August of 2018 that was when I was like okay astrology Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, and I think also too, that also shows how it's just helpful when you do have that retrograde because looking back at it, Alice, you'd totally be like, wow, I learned so much in terms of relationships, for instance, you know, like getting clarity there. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, I didn't have all the answers while that was going on, but it was such a pivotal turning point in my life, like end of summer 2018 for realizing like what I needed to do, what I needed to do next. Yeah. And then let's let's talk about the last example we have. So this is thinking back to April, June 2016. So pretty far back in Sagittarius and Scorpio. Um, Alice, share what you did. Like, what was that about for you? 
Yeah, so this one started off in Sagittarius before it ended in Scorpio closer to June. So the part where it was in Sagittarius, I was having, I was dating a lot of people at that time, like a ton of romantic activity, but like none of it was going anywhere. It was all like with people that wouldn't text me back and having a lot of frustration over that. Um, And then when it moved back to Scorpio, roommates, oh my God, like these girls I was living with in London just like came into my bedroom and like yelled at me over like the bills or something. It was crazy, like aggression in the home. And then also I made an impulsive decision to be like, I'm going to move to Italy um, for a little while because the rent is cheaper there. I was like 23 at this time. So like Mm -hmm. such a stupid decision. Um, (laughs) And then after that retrograde ended, I was like, shit, I need to move back to London because I'm getting all these internship opportunities. So that was an example of making a decision during a retrograde to move because fourth house, Mars in my fourth house, and it just did not work out. And I had to re, I had to go back and like move back to London. That's so literal. Just, I love, I love when astrology is manifest in such obvious ways, but Mm -hmm. I also feel like, like, what was the lesson you got from that? Um, I don't know. Cause like at the time I didn't know astrology, so it's hard to like put myself in the mindset there. Um, I don't, it just brought up like those themes so much. I think I was, um, Having the fifth house tied in, I was working a lot on like my fashion blog at the time and like learning how to be more like self-expressive and creative. So yeah, having greater confidence in myself by that time. And also, yeah, I would say like self-confidence and like leaning into creativity because that whole fall of 2016, once that retrograde ended, I was a lot more like sure of like my writing voice, for example, and how I could like best use my creativity. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. And then for my example for that. So for me, that was my seventh house, the retrograde began in, and then it went back into my sixth house. And that was one of the most in just crazy busy times of my life. (laughs) Because that was when I was finishing up my undergrad and I was working on my thesis, like finishing that up. And I actually found out during that time that I got accepted to this master's program that I had really, really wanted in New York City. So yeah, I was super excited about that, but it kept me super really, really busy. And at the same time, the so that was like the sixth house themes. And then the seventh house was definitely having knowing where I was had to go next but also like you know uncertainty of like Nick and I met in college and we were wondering how we could make sure that we could stay together like obviously would stay together but like in terms of physically of like where we would live and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of that so having that uncertainty in the relationship of like how are we going to live in the same place what's the future look like with this but not maybe not having an idea of that definitely until the retrograde was over right Yeah, because New York City was so random to me. Like, we had no ties there. I mean, it was just kind of this random city that neither of us had ever been to, but that's where I had gotten accepted to the program for. So it was just like Mars retrograde. Okay, this is what we're doing, but like, how are we going to figure this out? Um, And I grew up in literally Wisconsin, like in (laughs) Wisconsin. So I was like, New York City, I've never wanted to go there. Yeah, yeah, so so it was interesting. Okay, so those are just like examples from the past three retrogrades. Maybe we touched upon like a house, 
like part of your chart that this Gemini one's happening in for you, or you can look back at those dates and realize, whoa, that was a really big turning point in my life, but also a difficult time period. Um, now looking ahead at the Mars in Gemini retrograde that's coming up, like what, what do you expect is going to happen for you, Maxine? Like, I can tell you what, like, I'm noticing with you already, if that's helpful. Yeah, I would, mm-hmm. I would like that. Let's do for one another. Okay. Like a little so, prediction. <laughs> yeah. So what I would, if you were coming to me as a client and <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're a Gemini rising. You have Mars retrograde about to happen in your first house. Like, how are you feeling? I would be, so what I'm noticing the most with you is, um, you've kind of come to me like, I want to rework like my brand image, like how I'm presenting myself to the world. I feel like those are very first house themes, like redoing how your Instagram looks, like how you're coming across on social media and expressing yourself. I'm seeing that a lot already. And also like re-strategizing maybe certain parts of your business um, and not being too ambitious. That's not always a bad thing, but like like for instance, with the human design course, thinking you could do all this stuff, but then having to rework that a little bit. Um, and then also I feel like any transits to the first house automatically affect the seventh house. So tying in relationships still of, okay, let's set down a firm wedding date or like the plans that we want to make here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and no, still not knowing like what is, what is our wedding actually going to look like, you know? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, you you know me very well. <laughs> so you know that all is so true also, but it is interesting to think how the retrograde, just by the end of it, I'll probably get so much more clarity in that. And I definitely notice also with Mars retrograde, like you touched on wanting to share more about myself. I feel like probably if you follow me on Instagram, you think I'm more confident than I like it comes naturally to like talk on camera, but it definitely does not. <laughs> and and so I think I'm finally just being like, okay, I'm excited to share and show up for people. And, you know, yeah, it's yeah. less scary lately. Yeah, developing greater self-confidence for sure mm-hmm. with the first house yeah. retrograde. Um, what would you say for me with an 11th house, <laughs> 11th house retrograde? Yes. Okay, this is so fun. So I would say, Alice... First of all, like friendships being something where it's just such a theme for you of rethinking even like what is a friend to you and seeing what meaning that has to it and maybe wanting to find even more friends that have similar values to you or interests. And like, I would say expanding your community. Like, it's so cool that you have that trip that already has sold out that you're going to be able to experience. I know that's after the retrograde, but I feel like more themes of that related to rethinking about like your big dreams for the future and how you can create more community with people and yeah like an astrology kind of community wanting to connect people that makes so much sense yeah I'm definitely Mm -hmm. feeling that I'm just like how is this gonna go like how is this gonna take a downturn (laughs) if if it does well it's interesting for you because I am obviously this is more in depth but, but like, I don't think you'll mind me sharing this, but your yeah. south node is in Gemini. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like that's probably why it's going to be a, a little bit trickier of a right, Mars right. retrograde. But I feel like by the end of it, you'll be so clear and being like, okay, that was a pattern I didn't like. I'm going to get rid of that. But I'm also going to lean more into my gifts of communication and writing and sharing mm-hmm. and teaching with the world, like those kind of themes. Okay. Yeah. So south node, like release 
themes being brought up too or moving past patterns you're stuck in Mm -hmm. yeah so that's why it's so cool just like to give an example I guess of looking at what else is going on in the chart there yeah I love that okay well we'll have to give an update um in mid-January when this is all (laughs) over Yes, exactly. Okay, but that was an incredibly long episode. I thought it would be so much shorter. I know. (laughs) I love talking about Mars retrograde, though. Like, I love it. I know. It's so fun. I mean, we won't be able to do another one for two years, so. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, what? The next one's in Leo. Oh, my God, yes. So that'll be be my my part of the chart. Um, Yeah. Your but time yeah, to shine. yeah, yeah. So if you were interested in what we were talking about in this episode and you want to learn more about how to track where certain planets are having cycles throughout your chart and like looking back at past dates or looking into the future, we still have our applying transits course, which you can buy at any time on either of our websites and we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, transits teaches you all about how to find like where Mars is transiting in your chart and like what you can expect from that type of thing. Yeah, and if you were interested, like when I was talking about how it also is really important to look to see, okay, well, this also is taking place in Alice's 11th house, but her south node's there. Like we get into south node, we get into all those kind of interesting transits too. So if you are interested in really going deep in astrology, it is so, so helpful to learn your transits. Yes. Okay, well, that is it for this episode. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.